You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Foreign education has become the most common dream these days for parents and their children alike. Every other parent wants to send their children abroad for higher education, but it is an expensive affair. Some do it by selling a property or investments and others take education loan and some combination of both. Today I have with me Ankit Mehra. He is co-founder and CEO at Gyandhan. He will help us decode education loan versus self-financing conundrum. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Welcome Ankit. Hi Aprajita, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'll begin with a um, very common doubt that people mostly face uh, that whether to self-finance the foreign education or take education loan. So what is the wise step? What would you advise them? So first of all, I'd say that it's purely an ind- uh, individual choice. But if I had to put some kind of a framework, I would say people need to think it from two different lenses. The first lens is really around uh, tax planning. in terms of even if you have the money uh, what is the benefit of taking an education loan so the first thing i'll mention right off the bat is the section 80e so under section 80 e of the income tax the interest that you pay on the education loan uh, can be deducted is tax deductible so what that means is if let's say if you have a interest rate on your education loan of 12% it's not really a 12% that you're paying but 33% of that will be tax deductible if you are in the highest income earning bracket. Mm. What that means is we actually see a lot of HNI clients send, when they are sending their kids abroad they primarily take an education loan just from a taxation perspective because it helps save on their tax some claim. Now the okay. other benefit is also in terms of kind of developing financial uh, responsibility in the kids that could be the other angle but uh, mm. with the These are the two points I would like to mention are points wherein even if you have the money you could essentially be using these tools to determine whether you should take an education loan or not there is the other aspect sorry yeah. there is the other aspect as well which is really in terms of yes i have savings but where are my savings put in are my savings in a fixed property which i'll have to sell and then there are certain just costs involved or are my is my pro, uh, investment in a higher yielding asset so those are the considerations you have to take and then uh, post that you can decide what is the right amount that you should take as an education loan okay and for those people who may not be aware of section 80e in itself so if you can uh, explain this section a bit in detail and that sure. for how many years one can take it and is there any upper limit for tax deduction or not so a de- some details around section 80 sure so let's talk about section 80 so it's in uh, the income tax uh, allows you a certain amount of deductions under different sections section 80 is a uh, section which allows you to kind of deduct the interest that you pay on the education loan from your income tax now what that means is let's say i take a loan for myself and i have taken a loan of let's say 10 lakhs and for simplicity purposes let's assume that the interest rate is 10% on that now 10% of 10 lakh will come out to be 1 lakh roughly a year 
Now what that means is if my income is let's say 20 lakhs I actually can deduct that 10 uh, 1 lakh right of right of the bat and my net taxable income is not 20 lakhs but 19 lakhs okay that's why i save the 33% if i'm in the highest income earning bracket on that residual 1 lakh and there is no upper limit to the amount of deduction i can claim so that is the best big benefit there are a few clauses uh as far as the section 80 is concerned the first thing is only one person can claim tax deductions so what i mean by that is let's say if i am sending my daughter abroad 20 years from now in assuming section 80 still exists at that point in time what will happen is uh either my daughter can claim the tax benefits or i can claim the tax benefits so unlike a housing loan where if you take a joint loan both people can claim deductions to certain extent here only one person can claim the deductions in a year that's the first thing and then the other thing is you can only claim deductions for a period of 7 years as far as section 80 is concerned i believe 8 years it is i yeah i think so so just repeat this sentence sure so as far as the tenure is concerned you can uh, claim deductions on section 80 for a period of 8 years right so section 80 c is really very beneficial um section to take tax deduction if you are going to send your children abroad because in section 80 for up to 8 years you can claim unlimited tax deduction so the for example in 80 c you have 1.5 lakh limit and then in different sections there there is some kind of upper limit but the beauty of section 80 e is there is no limit even for higher education even for foreign education you can take it unlimited so just wanted yes. to highlight that yeah and now i'll come one, to one more point i wanted to add on section 80 is and this because this is something we've seen a lot of people misguide children uh, students and parents on and a lot of times people are unaware of it as well in terms of mm-hmm. what does the education loan even mean so section 80 clearly states that you should take a loan uh, from a recognized national recognized bank So I mean there are certain criteria, but effectively, if I have to summarize it, what it means is you need to take a loan from a bank in India mm-hmm. to be able to avail the Section 80 benefit. In addition to that, HDFC Credila, which got recently sold off to the private equity mm-hmm. investors, Credila is the one NBFC which has an exception. So what this means is it cannot be a case that I can take a loan from you and then show it. uh that i've taken a personal loan from rajita or i've taken a loan from some nbfc and then i can claim a deduction or i can take a loan from an international player and i can claim deduction against that the section 80 e deduction is only valid for loans taken from indian banks or from credila okay so you have to take it from a uh, rbi recognized bank it's not that just any nbfc uh, is part of it right yes it has to be from a well recognized bank exactly right okay and um, who should not take education loan is there a right mix of loan versus self finance that people should be aware of? so as i said at the start of the uh, call that it is really an individual choice so the way i like to put it is it's really down to individual risk appetite as far as the percentage is concerned like uh, like if someone is taking a home loan typically they put some percentage of their savings that is mandated by a bank right but even in education loan i would say in my mind it is a case of you should put some amount of money in but the remaining amount and that money could be 5% 10% 
but the remaining you could fund through an education loan the difference in terms of who should and who should not take is let's say if i am a low risk appetite person i don't want to take a high amount of risks and or i am concerned about i have some misnotions about loans as a fact then in that case you should not take a loan or you are going for let's say an esoteric course and kind of uh, you don't know the mm-hmm. employability of those courses and mm-hmm. in those cases probably you should plan your finances much in advance so that you're not left with a surprise so if you're going for a stem course and you know there is certain outcome you could plan mm-hmm. certain things and say hey i'm taking an education loan and kind of this is how i'll repay but if you're going for a course which is as i said esoteric then in mind in that case mm-hmm. maybe plan your finances accordingly much in advance the other thing is also when i talk about the risk appetite and which i alluded to earlier is where are your investment in so if you mm-hmm. are expect that your investments can yield you a higher return then you should absolutely go forward and get a education loan uh in my personal case this was almost 12 years back now 10 10 years back i actually when i was pursuing my mba i actually took an education loan when i had sufficient okay. savings to be able to pay off my mba and the pure reason was i had made my investments in a property in india and back then i felt that that property would yield me better returns so i did not sell off my property because there would be additional costs as well but i ended up taking a loan once i completed my education or i was on the verge of completing my education and i had decided that i wanted to move back to india that's when my risk appetite changed in the sense that i was going to take a huge amount of risk starting dhanthan so i did not did not want additional risks coming into the picture and that is when i sold off my property and paid off my education so again risk appetite is something that is an individual thing and it will also change with time depending on your circumstances yeah. all right and i am aware of an example where a uh, father he sells some property and first year uh, fee he paid it uh, by himself and from second year onwards he wanted his child to work and earn some money and if there is some gaps so obviously he will meet that gap but he wanted his child to earn money and pay um, education fee by himself and for any gap obviously he is available so that the child learns financial discipline and understanding exactly. how loan works so that is also from money yeah. so beyond money this is another angle to uh, look look at exactly okay and now about uh, tax collected it at source so government implemented this from october 1st onwards i believe that if you are uh, sending some money abroad then uh, tcs tax collected at source it used to get deducted earlier also but now rates have been revised so in case of um, education financing the, what are different rates and what should people know if it's education loan or if it's self financing then are rates different and what are those rates and d- does it also become a d- determining factor when so yes this is one area where the rates have changed in october and this also becomes a criteria for some parents to determine whether they should go for an education loan or not and the reason why I say is at a quick glance uh, tcs has been implemented on foreign remittances and the clause is that tcs up to 20% will be withheld if the amount of uh, foreign remittance exceeds a certain amount however there have been clauses put in place specifically for the purpose of education now what that means is if you are sending your child for 
abroad for education and if there is a cost incurred on that education then the percentage relevant percentage is 5% if you are paying out of your pocket but if you're taking that money through an education loan then the amount of tax deducted at source will be 0.5%. So what that means is let's say if I had to transfer $100 to my child if I don't have any declaration of whatsoever 20% of that $100 will be withheld. So actually effectively almost have to transfer $120 will be deducted at source kept by the remitter and $100 will reach my child. And then at the year end I can claim that in my tax returns. But my initial outlay will be almost $120. Now if I can if I use the correct classification then I have to only transfer $105. And if I've taken a the money through a loan and I show that the proceeds that I'm transferring are from a loan I've taken from the Indian bank then mm-hmm. it's not really $105 anymore it's all more like $100.5 so almost the entire money gets remitted so while it's a cash flow management it's not really a money that you will lose so the one mm-hmm. thing we need to be clear about is TCS is not money you lose it's something you get it's adjusted at the year end but it definitely creates a cash flow problem for certain parents in certain situations exactly. and from that standpoint getting a loan is definitely much help better one thing i can kind of mention very clearly is that be very clear when declaring so when you're filling the forms be very clear that you use the right codes so that you can mm-hmm. kind of avail of the deductions that is very very important exactly. right so if it's education loan then there will be a different code and in case of self financing there will be a different code in uh, if in the context of tcs yes and self financing for my child education is different than self financing for me going on a trip to us those are two different things so that is why also it's important to have that clarification correct that's very important right and now uh, about some important uh loan features that people should be aware of when they are taking loan then one part is taxation and how to take care of it but there are other aspects involved also that they must be aware of beforehand so what are some important things that they should keep in mind when they are about to apply for education loan so there are uh, there are many things obviously people should know about but if i had to highlight i'll highlight three specific things when it comes to loan features the first is really the loan moratorium which is essentially during your period of study and do you get a interest moratorium or a principal moratorium so moratorium what it effectively means is your payments will be paused during a certain so let's say if i go for education if i'm taking a loan from an sbi i get a complete moratorium for my period of study and for a month 6 months after that what that means is i take a 30 lakh loan i'm not supposed to make any payments for the next 2 and 1/2 years I'll start paying only after two and a half years. That is important again from a cash planning perspective, also from a perspective that I can then start earning and pay from that rather than having to rely on my parents to service the interest or service the principal repayments during the period of study. Versus in some cases, you might have to make immediate EMI payments or at least the princi- uh, interest payment has to be given during the first two and a half. in those cases it's important that you understand that upfront and plan for it upfront saying that hey if i'm taking a loan without moratorium then i need to ensure that all the emis are being paid on time that is one thing people need to be very clear about and 
uh, understand very well and within that they also need to understand during the period of study is your interest that is being computed is that being added as a simple interest or is that there is compounding happening what i mean by that is in the example that i gave of 30 lakh and i said if the rate is mm-hmm. 10% then 3 lakhs is the interest that i have to pay in the first year in the sbi case that doesn't get is not supposed to pay that so what will happen is at the end of the year my balance will be 30 lakhs plus 3 lakhs and at the end of two years it will be 30 lakhs plus 6 lakhs for the two years versus if there was a compounding then in the second year i would have to pay interest on 33 lakhs and not the 30 lakhs so that is a minor point that you need to understand there the other key thing that stu- chil- uh, parents and students need to understand very clearly is when comparing different loan products because typically what ends up happening is students just compare the headline rates so they'll just look at hey this l- lender is giving me a 10% this lender is giving me 11% 10% is better than 11% it's not always the case because one you have to look at are there additional costs in the sense that mm-hmm. the 11% might be having a lower processing fee the 10% might have a much higher processing fee and other fees levied on top of that are you being asked to take an insurance what is the cost of insurance mm-hmm. effectively understanding the overall cost of the loan that is very very important to understand and the other key thing which was prominent in the last at least a year and a half up until a year and a half ago which is students were just comparing indian rates and dollar rates directly so what is happening is i'm getting a 8% usd rate versus i'm getting a 11% indian rate people were saying 8% is much cheaper but it is not really cheap because dollar depreciates the indian currency will depreciate at a certain rate and so it might be a case that the 8% dollar rate is actually much costlier than the 11% indian rate so it is important to understand that aspect that which currency you are taking a loan in and what are the additional costs involved so that is the second thing and the third thing uh, that i'll mention very quickly is really in terms of where i've seen students face a lot of hassle is really on the forex costs so yes i've taken a money now where do i how do i transfer the money because there might be a lender where i have to use the lender and the lender is charging a 2.5% premium on that itself right that might be a huge thing versus if i can do it on my own i can just pay half a percent and get on with it so that those are hidden costs which can come come in and kind of severely impact your overall cost of finance so i think in my mind these are the three things people need to look at loan moratorium understand loan moratorium understand the total cost of education in terms of mm-hmm. the post total of the loan and then the third thing is really in terms of how do you do forex all right okay so uh, essentially if it's a decision between self financing and education loan then taking education loan has an edge from uh, three for three reasons one tax benefit that comes under section 80e and second cash flow management because in in education loan the tc is a tax collected at source that you pay at the beginning when you are making that transaction it's just 0.05% compared to 5% in case of self financing and third important point by taking education loan you can build that financial discipline in your child that is very important so thank you so much ankit for simplifying it for us and um, any last word that you have to say for our listeners as you said uh, i think uh, education loan is much better than kind of uh, self financing in most of the cases so that would be my strong advice is understand what you are buying but don't be fearful just because kind of as a society we've been credit averse 
credit is not a bad thing if managed well correct thank you so much for joining us here today for more such interesting podcast you can reach out to me on linkedin you can search me by my full name aprajita sharma do reach out to me and suggest exactly what you want to hear what are your queries i'll i'll be happy to uh, ideate my podcast episodes around those for more such interesting podcasts keep tuning into stsmartcast.com thank you to stay updated on this podcast follow us at hd smartcast on all the major social media platforms to listen to more such podcasts log on to www.hdsmartcast.com you